Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm glad to see all of you uh, to be here today. A blessed Lord's Day to all of you and a happy Labor's Day. Okay. Today we will start laboring through a new series since Labor Day ngayon, no? So for this month of May, we'll be focusing on First Peter. Last month we talked about the book of Gal- uh, the epistle uh, of Paul to the Galatian church. Today we're going to talk about First Peter, the first uh, uh, epistle of Peter recorded in our scripture. Now before that, let me ask you a question, okay? Have you ever lived in a place away from home for a long period of time? Maybe you worked abroad, you know, uh, or you were sent abroad to do something, or uh, migrated before and then came back, living in a, as a foreigner in a far and unfamiliar land. Sino dito nakapag-try na? Ganun. Live far away from home. Ah, okay, we have a, a few people here, okay? Okay, I'm sure some of us have experienced this before or maybe experiencing it now, especially for those among you who are joining us online, working abroad, living in another country. I'm sh- alam ko sa YouTube, marami tayong members in another country joining us. By the way, we are glad that um, you can, uh, we can reach you wherever you are and that you can join us today in our service. You know, many of us, uh, many of my relatives have experienced living away from home. My grandmother, for example, was born and raised in China. But when she got married to my grandfather, she has to live here in the Philippines. And uh, she told me she was just a teenager, teenager that time, no? So I can only imagine how hard it must have been for her and uh, to come here at such an early age and then living her life uh, in China. And then some of my uncles and aunties also have to go abroad to find work. They went to Taiwan uh, to find work. And every time, lagi na lang, every time they come visit to come home to visit, uh, they always tell me how good it is to be back home. Sabi sarap sarap makauwi sa bahay. And you know, I never understood them. Because I always thought that living in Taiwan is much, much, much better than living here in the Philippines, right? Parang mas masarap tumira sa Taiwan eh. You know, only until uh, God called me to Singapore for, to study there for three years. That was the only time I realized how tough it is to live far away from home. You know, uh, I remember the first year I was there and then I came back home and then pumunta ko ng Divisoria and traffic, traffic, ang gulo-gulo. I said, yes, this is my home. Mas masarap yung feeling. When I was in Singapore, at first it was really hard. Especially on my first week there, umiyak agad ako. Totoo, umiyak ako because wala palang aircon sa school namin. And then sabi ko, ay nako, tatlong taon pa to, three years pa. No, three years pa ito. But you know, uh, I learned to adapt along the way. I learned to adapt and it became easier. But you know, the feeling of homesickness never went away. It was always there. So, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you. Yung mga nag-visit sa akin while I was there, I really appreciate it. Yes, it is tough to live far away from home. At least for many of us who have experienced it, 
it was our choice. Okay? It was our choice. But for many, they don't have a choice. They have to go so that they can provide for their families. Some flee, some flee their own homes for safety reasons, like what the Ukrainians are experiencing now. They were forced away from their homes. And in those situations, there's a feeling of being exiled. Are you exiled? Yung pinaalis kayo from your own home. Bawal kayong bumalik. And you know, that is how the Apostle Paul saw the Gentile Christians living spread out in Asia Minor. Asia Minor, by the way, is modern-day Turkey. There are so many Christian churches in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey during the time of Peter. And for Peter, he saw them as an exiled people. A people forced to live away from their homes, suffering in a foreign land, persecuted and oppressed. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. These Gentile believers were not literal exiles. Hindi man talaga sila exile. They were probably living in their own hometowns when they received the gospel. They believed and then they were in their hometowns when they became followers of Jesus Christ. Actually, exactly like most of us. We are not Jews. We are Gentiles. We didn't, uh, we're home here in the Philippines and we received the gospel here and we became Christians. So just like most of us, actually very related to the people Peter was writing to. So why does Peter seize them as an exile? And us, for that matter as well, tama ba? Kasi parehas nga. Peter sees them as an exile not because of their geographic location, but because of their newfound faith in Jesus Christ. It is not because of their geographic location. It's because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Because they have received the gospel. When they have received the gospel, they have transferred their allegiance to Christ. Now, they have become like foreigners in their own land. Foreigners in their own land, rejected, persecuted, oppressed, not because of their nationality, not because of their ethnicity, not because of their race, but because of their loyalty to Christ. Because, because na yung values nila, their values have changed. It's not according to their world anymore, but according to Christ. And so, these are the people whom the Apostle Peter is writing to whom he called elect exiles. So let's read about it. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse, two, uh, verse 1 to 2. Okay, if you have your Bibles, please do open them. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. That's two verses. It says here, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles, of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for the sprinkling with His blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. May God bless the reading of His Word. Please keep your Bibles open because 
we'll not be looking only at these first two verses. We'll be actually looking at the whole chapter 1 and also some part of chapter 2. As we see here, Peter called these Gentile Christians scattered all over Asia Minor, not just exiles, but ano tawag niya? Elect exiles. What does elect means? Elect means, means chosen. Parang our election, we're choosing a president, our nation's leader. And this means when Peter calls them elect, uh, elect exiles, they were not elected by a people. They were elected and chosen by God Himself from the very beginning. From the very beginning of time. You know, just like every nation has its origin story, there. This is their origin story. No, that they were chosen people of God. And every nation has a national trait. Sila, their national trait is holiness. And what is their purpose? Their purpose is for obedience to Jesus Christ. These are to be their identity as they live as exiles in the world that is hostile to them. Peter wants to teach them, and actually us today, that knowing who we are in Christ helps us overcome the challenges in life. Paul calls them elect exiles to teach them that knowing who we are in Christ helps us overcome the challenges in life. So my question, how does knowing who we are in Christ helps us overcome the challenges in life? First, let us understand what it means to be chosen. To be elect exiles. You know, by calling the Gentile Christians elect exiles, Peter is actually relating and con or connecting them with the Old Testament Israel, who were the first ones to be called chosen by God and who in themselves were also exiled. In fact, their forefather, say Abraham, he was also an elect exile. He was chosen by God from the Ur, from Ur of the Chaldeans. Tama ba? Bakit siya? Hindi natin alam. Walang explanation. Basta, tinawag lang siya ni God. He was chosen by God and he was told by God to leave his hometown and go wherever God leads him to. See? Even their forefather Abraham was an elect exile. So why is Peter making this connection? He's making this connection uh, because he is telling the Gentile church that they are now connected to Abraham. They're now connected to Israel. They are also the people of blessing. Just as God has made a promise of blessing to Abraham and to Israel, the promise is now carried over to the Gentile church. Even though they were not Jews, they are not Jews and, not, and are not in any way related to Abraham or Israel by blood, they are still co-recipient of the same inheritance promised to them. Now, the question is, how is it possible that itong mga Gentiles na to have become part of God's family? 1 Peter 3, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 to 4 tells us how. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So you see, by being born again 
Through Jesus Christ, through the Spirit, and through water, they received an internal inheritance, which is a living hope. And by the way, sabihin ko lang sa inyo, this was no accident. Nor is it any consequences of any event. Kaya nangyari to. This was all actually planned out by God from the very beginning. According to Peter's, to Peter, the angels and the prophets in the Old Testament foretold that this would happen. Although some of them did not understand, some of them, all of them did not witness it happen. But now this great salvation has been revealed by God to the church. Now, how should knowing that they are chosen, born again through Jesus, help the Gentile believers in any way? Ano, ano ngayon? Okay, fine, I'm chosen. What does it have to do with me? Peter tells them in verse 6 to 7, he says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perisheth uh, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and, God, and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter is telling these elect exiles that their suffering is actually only temporary and short as compared to the internal inheritance that they will receive as the chosen people of God. And also, Itong mga suffering nila, their suffering are actually God's will for His people. Isip nila, ay, naging Christian ako, naghihirap tuloy ako ngayon. Bakit pa? Paul is telling them, actually, this is part of God's plan for you. This God's will for you to suffer. Parang, that's so hard to accept, right? It's God's will for us to suffer, but it's true. These sufferings are God-ordained, and are proof that they are indeed chosen. Bakit? Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will surely persecute you. So what is the purpose of their suffering? So that their faith might be purified and shown to be genuine. For faith that endures trials and hardships will receive great reward and will result in honor and glory both to Christ and to the church. Peter probably learned this from Jesus himself. In Matthew 5, verse 11 to 12, it says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. So as you can see, when one becomes a believer, it doesn't mean your life becomes easy. It actually becomes harder. But it's part of the testing of our faith. Peter is encouraging the Gentile believers to endure the hardships and suffering brought about by their faith in Jesus. How? By telling them, you are elect exiles, chosen by God, born again through Jesus Christ. And by doing so, Peter is reassuring them that even though they might perish, baka mamatay pa sila, they might perish through their suffering, kahit na mamatay pa sila, they will receive an eternal inheritance in God's kingdom. But you know, sadly, today, the opposite happens when Christian talks about chosen. When people talk about, when Christians talk about God's election, instead of being, becoming more assured, they become more insecure. Naku, chosen ba ako? 
That's the first question that comes to their mind. Ma many Christians wonder if they are really chosen by God. They are afraid that maybe they might not be chosen, even when they have already accepted Jesus in their life. You know, this is completely the opposite of what the Bible intends when it teaches about God's divine election. You know, God's, the doctrine of God's unconditional election is meant to assure us of our salvation. Let me repeat that. The doctrine of God's unconditional election is meant to assure us of our salvation because it teaches us that our salvation is not up to us, nor is it up to the circumstances that is happening around us. It's teaching us that, yes, we might fail, we might fall sometimes, but it doesn't change our status with God. Yes, we might perish through the trials and challenges of life, but even that won't separate us from the love of God as His chosen people. And the proof that we have been chosen by God is the faith that it produces in us our faith in Jesus. You know, Peter also explains this, explains this well in verse 8 to 9. He says, You know, kayo, though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believed in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Peter is telling them, what is the proof that you are chosen by God? You have accepted Jesus in your life. You are here today worshiping Him. You are, even though you have not seen Him, you believed Him. And that goes for all of us. Any one of you have seen Jesus? Any one of you have seen Him died on the cross? Any one of you have seen Him raise up from the dead? And why do you believe? Because you hear from the Word of God and you believed. And what, does, what is it called? It's called faith. And that is brought about because God has chosen you to be here. He put faith in your heart. You know, it is not our faith that makes us chosen. We have faith because we were chosen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, just like the Gentile church in Asia Minor, we are also elect exiles. Because of our allegiance to Christ, we might face persecution and oppression from this world. But it is only a temporary suffering. But rest assured that as God's chosen people being born again through Jesus Christ, we have a living hope, an internal, eternal inheritance that will not be taken away from us. And that is why, brothers and sisters, knowing who we are in Christ, that we are chosen, helps us overcome the challenges in life. Knowing who we are in Christ helps us overcome the challenges in life. So first thing, we are chosen people. But that is not our only identity. The, Peter also called the uh, elect exiles, also a holy nation. 
In verse 14 to 16, it says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. By the way, when he says, For I am holy, he's quoting Leviticus, when God was speaking to the people. You know, studying at Hope, I learned uh, during my elementary years that one of the wonderful traits of many Filipinos is hospitality. Mga Pilipino, tayo raw, hospitable daw tayo. And, you know, I find this to be true. You know, as compared to the many different nationalities I have met while I was studying abroad, nothing beats the warmth of the Filipino people. You know, they are just generally welcoming and they are fun to be with. Kahit wala silang mahandang pagkain, Okay lang, come, come to our house. Oh, too big. You know, we're very hospitable. And I believe that. You know, Filipinos are also known to be the happiest people in the world. And I find that true as well. Even in the midst of hardships, Filipinos always find reason to laugh and be happy. Ang hirap-hirap ng buhay din sa Pilipinas, pero kaya pa rin nilang tumawa. Kaya pa rin natin tumawa and be happy. You know, these are some of our distinct characteristics and traits as Filipinos. You know, in the same way, God's chosen people have their own distinct trait as well. What is their distinct trait? Holiness. Holiness. Why is holiness an important trait for God's people? Well, simply because God Himself is holy. God Himself is holy, and therefore the people who represents Him must also be holy as well. Again, by saying this, Peter is actually relating the Gentile believers again back to the Israelites. In fact, Peter quoted what God told the Israelites in the book of Leviticus, saying, You shall be holy, for I am holy. You know, the Israelites, when God called them out of Egypt and made a covenant with them in Mount Sinai, were also called to be a holy nation. In Exodus verse 19 to 6, it's, uh, verse 19, chapter 19, verse 6, it says, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a what? Holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. But now, the Gentile believers are the one called to be a holy nation. They are to live holy lives despite being mistreated by others. They are not to take revenge nor follow the ways of their oppressors, nor are they to continue submitting to their old ways and passion. You know, Peter gave specific examples to name a few. In 1 Peter, 19, uh, in 1 Peter 2 verse 1, he says, So put away all... Malice, malice, all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And then aside from giving this list, Peter also told them of what they should be doing. Okay, what should they be doing? First Peter chapter 1, verse 22, he says, Having been purified your soul by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brother, to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. And also, in chapter 2, verse 2, he says, Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow into salvation. Long for pure spiritual milk most likely mean that they should devote themselves to reading and obeying God's Word. That's what it means. 
Paul is telling them, loving one another and devoting ourselves to the Word of God are some of the ways we practice and learn to live in holiness. No? But, you know, Peter gave this list of what not to do and what you should do. But please understand that living in holiness does not come from our own willpower. Okay? It does not come from our own willpower. It will be impossible through our own willpower to live in holiness because we are all sinful in nature. That is why Peter explained from the very beginning of his letter that the elect exiles are in the, look at verse 2, sabi, in the sanctification of the whole of the Spirit. In the sanctification of the Spirit. It will be just as God the Father is the one who chose us to be born again, it is the Holy Spirit who transforms us in holiness. Just as our salvation does not depend on us, our sanctification, which means becoming holy, also does not depend on us as well. What this means is that we don't force ourselves to change, nor can we force ourselves to change. Instead, we must submit ourselves to the leading of the Holy Spirit who lives in us when we accept Jesus in our lives. It is the Holy Spirit that transforms us. So, mga kapatid, instead of making New Year's resolution, okay, hindi ko na to gagawin, hindi ko na to gagawin. Instead, we should ask God for His power to repent. We should depend on God to help us repent. We should pray to God to take away our bad and sinful habits. We need to submit ourselves to God. And when we do that, we will see how the Spirit's supernatural power overcome our sinful nature. You know, this week, both of our helpers went home. Umuwi na sila. Actually, doubt matagal na. Dato ka-pandemic, na-extend hanggang ngayon. So, at home, we don't have any helper. And uh, alam na namin to, a few, ma- few months ago na, we were trying to find a helper. Wala kami mahanap. And uh, two weeks ago, there was someone who knocked at our door. She said that um, she has three raw, tatlo. Uh, she recruited from Pangasinan to, to become our helper. Okay? And we, being as needy, kailangan namin kasi paano? We have an elderly at home and then we have a baby. We need a helper. And don't so, sige, okay, we'll get them. Uh, we'll get one at least, no? Then sabi niya, sir, kailangan advance yung 3,000 no? for the pamasahe and advance one month's sweldo. Okay? Nabudol ako. Okay? Sabi namin, sige na, sige na, okay, we'll give you. Okay? And then sabi niya, okay, tomorrow, dadalhin ko na sila. Yung isa pala. And then the more more came, sabi niya, morning, wala. Tanghali, wala. Hapon, wala. Pinabukasan, tinawagan ko, wala na. Hindi na sinasagot. Nabudol nga talaga ako. And that disturbed me. I was, I felt that I felt a bit stupid. My pride was hurt. You know, while I was driving home, naiinis talaga ako. And I said, if I saw that person on the street while I was driving, ano kaya gagawin ko? Bababa ba ako? Aawain ko? Sasagiin ko na lang ba? I, was, I really felt bad. 
you know but while i was driving having that anger in me god ministered to me telling me don't worry my son you are my child you are my people i will not leave you nor forsake you i will be the one i know you want to take revenge but you will be the i will be as your god who chose you i'll be the one to avenge you in my time and so that helped me move forward you know the elect exiles were being oppressed they were being persecuted it's so easy to take revenge na lang okay they're doing it to us let's do it to them but peter is telling them no you are elect exiles you're chosen by god you should live in holiness even though your neighbors treat you otherwise that's god's transforming power you know many of us have experienced the holy spirit's transforming power in our lives i've shared to you many times how the spirit transformed me and i've heard different stories from some of you as well and we must not never forget that it is the spirit's power that transforms us not our own will power and by knowing this by knowing this that he transforms us that we are called to be a holy nation wherever we may be whether we are, we are in our businesses, in our homes, workplace, or in school, or whatever situation we are in, whether we are experiencing hardships, oppression, or any form of trial, or even nabudol kayo, just like me. As God's chosen people, we must live in holiness through the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we are chosen by God, and we are called to be a holy nation. Indeed, knowing who we are in Christ helps us overcome the challenges in life. It helps us to live holy lives despite being manipulated by this world, being tricked by this world, being oppressed by this world. We can live in holiness because we are chosen by God. Finally, not only are we chosen people and a holy nation, we are also called to be God's royal priesthood. In 1 Peter 2 verse 9, he says, But you are, actually, inulit lang ni Peter lahat dito, he summarized it all in this verse, but you are, can you read this with me? One, two, three. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know, when I was studying in Singapore, I learned that I was, it was, no, not me, it was compulsory for all Singaporean male citizens to enter into national service at age 18. No, lalaki ka and 18 years old ka na, you have to go through national service. It's like army training. I, um, they will enter our, the army to be trained and then they will be assigned to different roles to serve for national security for two years. Some were assigned to be police officers. Some were assigned to the Navy. Some were assigned to the Air Force. Yun yung mga paborito ng mga Singaporean. And some were actually assigned to become commandos. Yes, totoo, may mga komando sa buhay, no? As in fact, one of my classmates, yung pinakatahimik, pinaka-humblest and meekest, was a trained komando. And even after you graduate from national service, 
they will still call you for retraining from time to time. Kahit 30, 40 years old ka na, basta kaya mo pa, they will retrain you from time to time because that is their responsibility as citizen of their nation to protect their nation's security. You know, the same way, the Gentile believers and God's elect exile, so that means us, we also have a responsibility. They are called to be God's royal priesthood. What does it mean? We have learned before that priests serve, uh, priests serve as God's representative to the people and the people's representative to God. They're the ones who receive the sacrifices and the prayer of the people. And they are the ones who offer them up to God. Therefore, as God's royal priesthood, the Gentile believers are called to be God's representative to the world. As Peter explained in verse 2, these elect exiles are chosen by God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. For what? Look at your Bibles. It says, for obedience to Jesus Christ. As His representatives, they are to live out the life of Jesus in their lives. And by doing so, they proclaim the excellencies of the one who called them out of darkness into the light, which is Jesus Christ. But, and by trusting God in the midst of suffering, living in holiness, and by obeying the commands and teachings of Jesus Christ, these Gentile Christians will be able to represent Christ to the world. And in turn, the world will see and know who Jesus is, and they will also believe and follow Him as well when they look at, at, at these Gentile Christians. This is the purpose and responsibility of God's chosen people in the world, to live for Christ and to make Christ known. Today, we actually call it discipleship, following Jesus. And we call it disciple-making teaching others to become disciples. That's why our slogan is what? Love God, make disciples. Discipleship in making disciples. As I mentioned earlier, tayo rin. We are also Gentile Christians. And tayo rin, elect exiles. Therefore, we are also a chosen race. We are also a holy nation. We are also God's royal priesthood. So what does it mean, brothers and sisters in Christ? This means this is our responsibility too, to proclaim Jesus to the world. And the more we trust God and live holy lives, even in the midst of suffering, when people see, the more people will come to know and trust in Jesus as well. Kung nakita nila na even though we're suffering, nagirap tayo, we still trust God, we still follow Him, we still follow Jesus, they will start to ask, bakit? Why is this person doing this? Why does he still have hope? Kung ako yan, I gave up already. And then they will know that it's because Jesus lives in us. And they will also want to know Jesus. And this gives purpose and meaning to our suffering. This helps us overcome any challenges that we might face so that we can show others the grace and mercy that comes from our Lord so that they may also believe. Brothers and sisters, we were chosen for this purpose, to represent Christ to the world and to tell the world about His gift of salvation that they also will become part of God's people. So UECP, let me ask you a question. How are you living every day as God's royal priesthood? 
How are you representing Christ in your family, in your workplaces, in your classrooms, in your businesses? Do others see the excellencies of our Lord Jesus Christ in your life? Or do you give up easily when challenges arise? Or is God's grace and mercy evident in your life in the midst of hardships? You know, as God's chosen people, may we take the challenges that we face in life as an opportunity to proclaim the excellencies of our Lord. By not giving up when life gets tough, and instead looking forward to the living hope that was promised to God's chosen people. That is why, indeed, knowing who we are in Christ, that we are His royal priesthood, representing Him to the world, helps us overcome the challenges in life. Brothers and sisters, one more week before our national elections. And it is our duty and right as Filipino people to vote for our next president. But I hope as we do this, let us not forget that we are not only Filipino citizens. More importantly, we are heavenly citizens chosen by God. We are called to trust in God, to live in holiness and proclaim Christ whatever our situation may be. You know, some say that once we decide to follow Jesus, we immediately become dual citizens. Sino dito dual citizen? Yun talaga, ano, Taiwanese, Filipino, wala, konti lang. You know, they say when we follow Jesus, we immediately become dual citizens. Citizens of this world and at the same time, heavenly citizens. But I would say it's not becoming dual citizens. For our Lord teaches us that we can never serve two masters. So I believe when we follow Jesus, we have change, we have a change of citizenship. From citizens of this world to citizens of God's kingdom. One must be more than the other. And once you have received Jesus in your life, you have renounced your old citizenship and you have become citizens of God. So, what happens? We become exiles in our home, in our own home. But here's, for me, the most beautiful thing. As citizens of our world, we have to choose the one who will lead us. But as citizens of God's kingdom, we are chosen by the one who leads and saves us. And for me, that is enough. Even if I'm exiled from my own home, so be it. I was chosen by the one, by my own king. And that is enough for me to face any challenges that might come my way, living as an elect exile in this world. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we just want to give thanks for today. We thank you for sending your apostle Peter to teach us about our heavenly calling, our heavenly citizenship. Father, indeed, it is tough when we make you our Lord and Savior because that means we will live contrary to the values of our world, of our own homes. But Father, we thank you for the comfort knowing that we are your chosen people, born again through Jesus Christ, 
called to be a holy nation, to be His royal priesthood, so that we might proclaim His goodness and mercy in our lives. Father, we pray that even as we live as citizens of this world, of our country, help us to remember that first and foremost, we are citizens of your kingdom because we have made Jesus Christ our Lord and King. Help us, therefore, to overcome any challenges that might face us. We might be mistreated. We might be fooled. We might be persecuted, oppressed in this world. But so be it. For this world is not our home. We are just a passing through. Our home now is with you. And Lord, help us as we journey through this world until one day you call us back, back into your heavenly kingdom. This is our prayer in the mighty name of our King. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen.